0: episode of All Things Iceland. It's jewels and today is all about essentials that you need to pack for winter in Iceland. And it's also a checklist, a free checklist that will be included in the show notes for those who prefer to be able to, you know, check things off as you are packing. But maybe for those who are not aware, winter in Iceland can range from a somewhat calm winter wonderland to blizzard-like conditions that force you to stay off the road. And of course, that is something that everyone should take heed <laughs> if that were to be the case, meaning like extreme weather conditions. But for the most part, on average, you're going to come up against cold, wind, some snow, possibly some ice. And even though the temperatures are milder than what most people assume, so the average actually in... Reykjavik specifically is around zero degrees Celsius, so basically freezing. And yes, it can go below that or above, but even like as of right now, I'm recording this, it is not that cold. But as we get into December and January, February, those months can be quite intense. And then winter in Iceland is also longer. So, you know, March, April, May, temperatures can still feel more winter-like to people who are maybe, you know, used to having more spring-like conditions in during that time. So, of course, packing appropriately for winter in Iceland is crucial for staying warm and dry. And just note that the farther north you go, it is normally colder, snowier, and icier. So I always recommend to people, you know, to go to as many places as you can during the wintertime, of course, you know, there will be conditions where the there's a lot more ice on the roads leading to those places because you're even like driving through mountains, which can be really beautiful. But for those who are a little bit maybe concerned about that, I have a great episode that I'll link to about driving in winter here, just because, you know, there are some important things to understand, but also it's totally doable. And for those who are maybe nervous about it, hopefully that helps to give you just a bit more information. And regardless if you do it or not, you'll at least be more informed. So while I do focus on essential things to pack for winter in Iceland in this episode, I will also include some fun non-essentials that will come in handy. And I, like I mentioned, have a free winter packing checklist. It's actually a checklist that has winter and summer. So when you download it, you'll see winter comes first, because that is usually the one that people feel like they need the most amount of help with in terms of what to wear. And the link that you can check all this out at is allthingsiceland.com forward slash Iceland dash winter dash packing. At the end of the episode, I will share some Icelandic words for clothing. So stay tuned for that. Because I think this is kind of fun for you to learn some of the words that Icelanders use. I'll specifically just focus on the outer layer. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, don't worry, I will get to that soon. But before I jump into this list, I'm very excited to share that the sponsor of this episode is Sintamani, which is an Icelandic outdoor clothing brand that provides high quality clothes for all types of adventures. I have been a fan of theirs for quite some time because their clothes are So well made, and they are specifically tested in Icelandic weather conditions, and that to me is so important for you know it being made specifically for this climate and and the variation. And I have a decent amount of items from them that I have been using, and to the max. I mean, going out on some very windy days, very chilly days. But I was out today earlier filming, and I was like, "Wow, yeah!" Thankfully, this uh, (laughs) coat was keeping me nice and warm. Granted, my hands always get cold. So that's just one of my own issues. But in terms of like the clothing for the pants that I have or the jackets and stuff, I'm really a big fan, especially since they have so many colors. And if you've seen me on YouTube or Instagram or TikTok, you know that I like colors. Like My Loba Pesas, which are traditional aesthetic sweaters, are quite colorful in comparison to what's traditional. So Yeah, I'm really happy about that large selection, but also just the quality is really what stands out for me. And of course, standing up to the test of harsh weather conditions. And so I am happy to be able to offer my listeners a discount of 15% off your online purchases with them. And you just have to use the code Jules. So that's my name, and it's spelled J-E-W-E. L-L-S. Yes, there are two L's and an S. (laughs) And of course I'll share that in the show notes of this episode, as well as my favorite items from them. I'll have like a little list of the ones that I specifically like if you're curious. And so again, that will be at the same link that I mentioned earlier. This discount I think comes just in time for the gift giving season. So you can get something for yourself or a loved one. And if you shop in person, this is a great tip if you're going to be here during, whether it's Christmas or not, so anytime. They have a lovely outlet in Hapnafjordur, which is this uh, neighborhood in the Reykjavik metro area. And that is on the way from the airport to Reykjavik. So as you drive from the airport to the capital, you can stop in Hapnafjordur to the outlet. And it's actually a real outlet. Like I feel like some places here say outlets, and they don't actually offer any kind of discount, <laughs> but they have like their new clothing that's in the front for the season. And then if you go towards the back, that's where they have the outlet area for stuff from previous seasons. So it's definitely worth checking out in my opinion. All right, let's get on to these essentials. And what I'm going to start off with have to do with layers. Specifically, there's three layers that I recommend that you pack, or I recommend that you pick up if you don't already own them, the first being the base layer. So the point of this layer is moisture control. And in Iceland, of course, if you were to get wet, meaning like sweaty, then the cold will easily, you know, make you feel much colder and that is not fun. And so the layer closest to your skin is one that's so important for this moisture control. So in essence, it's like long underwear and can be made from polyester, merino wool, nylon, and silk. Top and bottoms are good to have during the winter season. So basically like long johns for some people who are familiar with that. I don't know why that word always makes me laugh. I definitely wear long johns or, you know, this base layer for sure, because it is crucial. Like it's just biting cold sometimes in certain areas, especially when the wind is is whipping. And I found that it made a huge difference on my adventures. So my you know, top essential would be start with the base layer. After that is the mid layer, and the purpose of it is insulation. So basically, most mid layers can be made of like fleece, wool. So if you have seen me, my Icelandic sweater, my loba pesa, that's a mid layer. Uh, some people wear down or synthetic material. For instance, Sintamani has Prima Loft, and I've been using that. And that was pretty new to me. And I was pleasantly surprised at how warm that is. I mean, to the point where if I have it on inside and I'm inside for just a little bit too long, I'm like, whew, it's getting really hot. <laughs> in <laughs> fact, I was walking just like on the peninsula here where I live in Nest And because it's by the water, it can get pretty chilly meaning like the wind and you know just the seawater and everything. And I was wearing this Primaloft jacket and I was like, "Whoa, I'm actually pretty warm." And I was surprised because I was thinking that maybe that day was a little bit too cold for it and I was taking too much of a chance going out with that jacket and just an underlayer, but it did quite well. In many cases though, that still can be a great mid-layer and there's also like people who wear vests if you want to like your arms maybe, you know, you when you have on your outer layer, which I will get to in a second. But of course, this works well over your base layer. And then the final of them, as I had mentioned, is the outer layer, and it's literally for protection. So it's windproof, something that has water repellent type of layer to it. Having a hood, I think, is a great idea, just because even if you have a hat, sometimes that extra protection, if it's windproof, or, you know, water repellent, then it can help to keep your hat dry and, you know, just encapsulating you in, in more warmth. So it's best to have, you know, pants made for winter conditions that are also wind resistant and water repellent to it you know a degree and made from synthetic material. And again, I mentioned like I'll have links to different types of items in which this would be appropriate. So Definitely make sure that you check that out in the show notes. In terms of winter boots, now, you know, a winter boot, in my opinion, has a couple of things. A great sole, and meaning a good grip. So like Vibram soles, for instance, but I'm sure there are people who have their other, you know, soles that they like. It has some type of water resistance to it. But also in on the inside, there is some insulation happening there. It could be like a little layer of synthetic material that's on the inside, but something that definitely helps to keep your feet warm. If not, then, you know, making sure you have like really good socks that you're wearing. But I still like to combine both of those, mainly because, like I mentioned, my hands get cold, but so do my feet. And that's really not fun to have numb toes. So that's just something to keep in mind. And if you're planning on going on a glacier hike in Iceland, then you're going to need a pair of boots that have ankle support and are a little bit stiffer. It's okay if you don't, because these companies are used to that and they often rent out boots. So it's not absolutely a must, but if you do feel more comfortable wearing your own boots, that's just something to keep in mind. And of course, when I get to the next thing, which is micro spikes, those go on top of boots pretty easily mainly because the boot itself is constructed in a way that it's sturdy, whereas like a sneaker or a regular shoe would be really flexible and it might not be as comfortable with the microspikes on. I'll have a link to the microspikes I use. I use some pretty intense ones. I'll just be honest. You don't have to use those in particular, but they, in my opinion, last a long time. (laughs) And granted, I live here, so there's a reason for me wanting to have Micro spikes that kind of look like claws <laughs> because I'm mean, with them last a long time and they have, they've lasted me many winter seasons. So if you are in a wintery place or if you plan on continuing to visit wintery places, these could come in handy for you. Otherwise I'll have a link to like two different types of spikes. One that are, you know, the intense ones that I have and then another that are, you know, less intense. They're just smaller and still do a great job. And you'll end up using these in the countryside you know, end up using them possibly on some sidewalks in Reykjavik or paths. There are some places where hot water is running underneath the streets, like the sidewalks. And so in the wintertime, it's not as icy, but that is just something that it's not everywhere. So unfortunately, (laughs) it would be nice if it were everywhere. But that's just how it is. And that sometimes means it looks like, you know, there's like you're about to ice skate with how slick and glistening the ice is. It's A little intimidating, even to me to this day, like I often looking like, okay, how am I going to navigate this? Meaning, you know, putting on my micro spikes in the moment, because sometimes it's annoying to have to like put them on, take them off, things like that. Anyway, I'm going to go on to the next thing. (laughs) So the things you live with and have to think about. Of course, having water, uh, windproof gloves, this will definitely come in handy. Any kind of glove that is picking, like allowing the wind to get through, your hands will definitely get very cold easily. And like I mentioned, you know, if you are prone to having cold hands, then for sure, make sure you have that. I like to have some gloves that at least have a touchscreen tips to them so I can operate my phone or my gadgets without having to take my gloves off. I mean, I'm out doing more like content outside. So that's just a part of this content creator life. But also for those who are wanting to take amazing photos, you know, it could be something that you just keep in mind if you're stocking up on more equipment. Similarly with a windproof and insulated hat, as I've been talking about, a scarf can vary, but I do put it on the essentials list because oftentimes people don't have jackets that zip up enough over their face. And so having a scarf can really protect like your nose and your mouth when it gets really windy. And if you're planning to go out, so I think it's always nice to have one pair, and I consider this an essential, one pair of pants for casual use. And this is specifically like if you're in the Reykjavik area, or if you go to the north or Akarei or somewhere where you want to go to a restaurant and not wear outdoor clothing necessarily. On to, I mentioned warm socks. So ones that are made from wool or insulating synthetic fiber, swimwear. So I've been talking so much about putting layers on, but here is like, you know, pretty much (laughs) closest to not having clothes on, but still being, you know, covered in many ways. And being in the hot tub going to a hot spring, going to the spa, that's a part of our culture and it's really fun. So I consider it an essential to come with that and to embrace it most of the time, if you're going to like a public swimming pool or to a spa, they have indoor changing rooms. However, if you're going to go out to hot springs that are out in the wilderness for, you know, wilderness, I say with like quotation marks, but just places where they have less facilities, then expect that it might be a little bit more challenging <laughs> when you have to get out of the water. One example of that is Reque Daler, which is the hot spring hike in the south. It is about an hour each way. And I did it on my day trip, so I'll actually add that into the show notes of this episode, uh, that link if you want to hear about some fun day trips to do in the wintertime in Iceland, because, you know, time is a factor in terms of how many hours that you have. I also think it's really essential to have a day pack with you. And these are, you know, when I'm talking about these essentials, this is not all of the essentials on the list of the checklist that I have. That's for free where you can download, because it's, it's a decent amount of things. I mean, we're also talking about essentials when you come for like your toiletries and whatever, but specific to winter here and why I think it would be beneficial for you to bring them is why I'm pointing out these. Getting back to a day pack, I think that's just super useful because of the fact that you're going to be touring around, whether you're with a tour bus or you are doing it on your own, renting your car. It is something where you can, you know, Always end up having to bring like snacks or hold your, your cameras, your phones, extra clothing, gloves, hats, all these things. And it just makes life a little bit easier and probably things a little bit more organized as well. So, onto some non essentials. I <laughs> often talk about bringing an external power pack. And that has a lot to do with the fact that electronics can act a little funny in the winter. And I don't think it's just a nice one. It's just in general, this can happen. So it always feels like, and I have noticed this too, when I'm like on a roll all day long, having a good time filming things, all of a sudden it's like, oh wow, how come my phone is so much less battery? So having that external power pack will for sure come in handy, especially if you're a person who's into photography or videography, but even just like regular, regular people like you and me, <laughs> uh, for sure, you utilize that. Bringing a towel is another one. I put this as a non-essential because if you're staying in a place like an Airbnb or a hotel or even like a guest house and you're planning to go out for the day, you can often utilize one of their towels and then bring them back, you know, if if it's going to be at like a hot spring that's off the beaten path. But I think for wintertime, it's usually the case that people are going to places that are spas or the... Well, local swimming pool, you have to bring your own. But if you're going to like a spa, they usually provide you with a towel. So then you don't have to worry about bringing it. But that's just something to consider. And then there's also sandals or shower shoes that, again, I use those even in summertime. Because if you're going to go to any type of hot spring that is just out in nature and it's not really maintained by anybody, you know, in terms of daily, just there all the time then they usually have like little rocks and things in the water and that can be uncomfortable for your feet. You could even like trip, uh, hurt your, your toe or something like that. So I usually like to recommend that. And for those, as I've been talking about, you know, hands and feet getting cold, some people like to bring hand or toe warmers. I say go for it, you know, especially if you can get the reusable ones. Those are super nice. Another non-essential, but could be an essential for you, depending on how you sleep, is earplugs. And I feel like those can be helpful just because of your environment that you're not used to, even though a lot of places in Iceland are quiet. But it could be the fact that like it helps you, you know, a little bit. And then lastly, just for this batch of non-essentials that I'm sharing in this episode, even though there are a lot more on the list, on the checklist, are walking sticks. And this is something I've recently been adding and thinking about because I was hearing a person talk about their experience with the ice here, um, when there is ice, and how even though they did have microspex, they also felt more secure using the walking sticks too, because it just gave them a lot more balance. And I totally understood that. And I was like, yeah, that's a good idea. I'm going to you know, start recommending that as a potential for people, definitely not an essential at all. But if you are a person that's really nervous about your balance, like having these lightweight sticks that are easy to fold up and you know put away and you just use them whenever you're in a situation where they you know maybe have them in a the car and it's unless you feel like, oh yeah, be really helpful here, then they're just there and they're not really taking up a lot of space And there's another one I want to mention that I think is kind of interesting, and that's a journal. So this is, again, I have it on the Los Angeles list, but Even though there are a lot of others, I feel like this one popped out to me because a lot of people, including myself, when I go out into nature, I end up getting a lot of, I would not just say inspiration, but like feelings about things. And I think for some people, it can feel very transformative. And so I think that maybe, and of course, you know, it's totally up to you, bringing a small journal and journaling about some of the things that you experienced, maybe some of the emotions that came out, some of the feelings about this place or how it looks like a totally different planet and and things like that might be a nice memory for you to have when you, you know, end up going back. And when you think about your time in Iceland, you can reference these words that you wrote or whatever kind of came to mind. All right. So before jumping into the random fact of the episode, I just want to give another shout out to Sintamani, sponsor of this episode. Like I mentioned, you use my code Jules. J-E-W-E-L-L-S, to save 15% when shopping online. All right, random fact, the episode, the lowest temperature in Iceland ever recorded is negative 39.7 degrees Celsius, which is negative 39.5 degrees Fahrenheit. Extremely cold. And this was like back in the 70s. So quite a while ago, but does not sound like fun. Glad I wasn't around for that. <laughs> There's probably some people in like Minnesota laughing or something. But that's not so bad. But <laughs> still, you know, for Icelanders, that's very cold. Very, very cold. And definitely not something that they would want to repeat. Icelandic words of the episode. So as promised, I'm gonna go into describing or giving words for outer layer garments. And actually outer layer is pronounced afrete. Which translates really to like upper part, but in essence, it's outer layer. And ulpa, I'll say it again. Ulpa, basically a parka, even though it's again like a coat. But I think parka, parka is a, a good way of thinking about it. And the plural of ulpa is ulper. And you'll see this too. I'm going to have it in the show notes where you can actually see the words. And the next is Jakke, jakke, which means jacket. And the plural of that is yakkar. Next is rengfatnador. I'll say it again. Rengfatnador. And that means raincoat. And the last one, even though this is not our layer, but I still like saying it. (laughs) And that's pesa, which means sweater. You know, I'm a big lopa pesa fan. But the plural of pesa is pesur, pesur, and actually these words you might encounter them on the Sintamani Money website, depending on you know if you're looking at it in Icelandic. But yeah, those are the Icelandic words of the episode. As always, thank you so much for listening. fyrir <laughs> og